It is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus. I'm just a good old boy, trying to be a good old man, out here learning on the fly, trying to do the best I Hello can. and welcome to the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast Christmas edition. I hope you guys are all doing well. Perry, how are you doing this morning? I'm kind of fired up. I'm jacked right now, brother. I've been um, getting stoked about cold plunges. It's something that we've done off and on. You know, we do it. So it's a Christmas tradition that we have in our family. My in-laws uh, put a pool in for the grandkids one year for Christmas at their house. And it's a heated pool and a heated hot tub. And they heated it that year and we swam on Christmas. So it was kind of fun and cool. But uh, my father-in-law is very frugal. <laughs> and he doesn't love to heat the pool because it's expensive. And so now we don't heat the pool on Christmas. We just heat the hot tub. And so we polar plunge every year on Christmas in the pool. And that's super fun. So I'm I'm not new to polar plunging, but I'm new to trying to make it or intentionally setting out to make it a part of my daily routine. So I'm on day two of um, cold plunge in my bathtub at my house with nice. a couple a couple bags of ice added to cold well water out of the tap. Oh man, that's okay. So you're you're priming the pump for Christmas itself. And just to be clear, I said Christmas edition. We're we're trying to do a series of Christmas themed episodes. And to set the stage for this episode, we're gonna be talking specifically about giving, giving back, how to help our kids really internalize and understand the importance of giving during this season, not just receiving. And so we're going to talk about all of that, what we do with our own family, some practical ideas and ways to give back uh, as a family, things that you can do with your kids. And so we're going to get to all of that here, but I want to hear more about this cold plunging. So that's I, I've done it periodically. I think it's great. I understand and know all the health benefits. Uh, so you're just doing it in your bathtub now. You're going to be all all ready to go to show your kids up on Christmas Day, or your kids <laughs> going to be ready for the cold plunge. They love it. They they get into it. They have the cousins are there, and they get into little contests with their cousins. You know, jump in the pool, they jump in the shallow end, and see if you can walk back and forth, or jump in there and two of them at the same time and see who can outlast the other. Last year it was a, quite a cold experience, quite a cold cold plunge. There was a, a thin layer of ice on top of the water last year. It was probably the coldest water temperatures that we've done. This has been maybe a five-year tradition. But um, yes, I'm excited about how it's going to prep me to win on Christmas Day. But even more than that, I'm just excited for the the health benefits and the life benefits. So it's just kind of coincidental that I'm leaning into this habit forming, you know, uh, adventure right before this polar plunge at Christmas time. That's all just kind of coincidental, but, uh, I'm, I'm, my plan is to make it a part of my regular life all the time. Yeah, that's awesome. Obviously the health benefits, but I'm also thinking back to a couple of episodes ago with Don Ross, where we talked about initiating our kids into manhood. And he talked about strength and toughness and courage and all of those types of things. And really helping our kids learn to do hard things and to be able to sort of suffer through something as seemingly benign as a cold plunge, but it absolutely builds toughness. So that I think that's awesome. And that's cool that that's a, that's a tra tradition you guys do with your family. Thanks, brother. Thanks a lot. Well, how about you? How are you doing this morning? Uh, we, <laughs> we're doing fine. It's, 
it's sort of been a comedy of errors. I mean, how's the start to your Christmas season been? I have a few few fun <laughs> stories to share. It's been a roller coaster this first week, right? So obviously at the time of this recording, we're only about a week into the holiday season, the Christmas season. Um, and man, I feel like we've had a full a full season of ups and downs already just in this first week. Yeah. But how's the kickoff yeah. to your December going so far? Well, I was going to talk about it, you know, at some point, but I will say this, I'm definitely uh, failing more than I'm succeeding at uh, reading a chapter of Luke every day. So the times that we have read, it hasn't gone in actuality as as well as I would dreamt it to go in my mind. You know, the chapters are kind of long and there's a lot of stuff in there that the kids are, it just kind of, they just kind of glaze past. They don't, the family doesn't seem as engaged as I would like them to be. So I think that reflects on me. You know, I need to try to come up with some more ways to encourage them to be more engaged. Um, and then we've missed, you know, we've missed a fair amount because, uh, well, I don't want to make excuses. We've missed. So, but uh, we we won't miss today uh, when we get done recording. I'm going to get back with the family and, and do it right after. And then hopefully that'll get us back on the right track of doing that on the daily. So uh, that part has been not as, not as uh, successful as I had envisioned it when we, when we set out to do it. And that's just, you know, that's just transparency. So. Yeah, I appreciate the honesty. And for listeners who may have missed the last episode, one of the things Perry and I are doing is reading a book, a chapter of the book of Luke each day, in the month of December leading up to, to Christmas Eve, there are 24 chapters in the book of Luke. So if you're just listening to this episode, sort of missed that, it's not too late to hop in. Whatever That's day right. of the month you're listening to this episode, pick up with that chapter in Luke and do it with your family. It's awesome. So I'll talk about my experience with that. For us, we, <laughs> I said it's been a comedy of errors. So I feel like literally right after we recorded, our family got sick. Two, two of our family members got sick and it has really sort of derailed the start to our Christmas season. I talked at the end of the last episode as well about how, you know, we have these these high hopes and visions and wishes and expectations for the season. And then Mike Tyson says everything changes when you get punched into the mouth. And so I I've been having to walk that out. You know, how yeah. am I showing up yeah. as a father? That's really yeah. the the test of a faithful father is how are you going to navigate things when they don't go exactly according to plan. And so so I spent, I guess, last Friday night, <laughs> we had talked about, I'm just going to take this to the gross end right out of the <laughs> gate, right? So I dealt with underwear and pajamas full of diarrhea, yeah. uh, you know, bed sheets full of vomit at 3 a.m., you know, just, just dealing with all of it, you know. In the trenches. Oh, my gosh, just in the <laughs> trenches, you know, and changing sheets and changing underwear and trying to get sick kids back to bed and all of that type of stuff. And as a result, and then they've had to stay home from school. And, yeah. and as a result, you know, we were hoping to have already – decorated the Christmas tree and watched movie nights together and yep. frosted Christmas cookies. And we've mm -hmm. pretty much done none of it. You know, we're just waiting <laughs> obviously on the whole family yeah. to be able to participate yeah. in some of that stuff. Yeah. And so, um, and along those lines, we, <laughs> we, so the past few years we've prioritized our artificial Christmas tree. I love a, a real Christmas tree. A lot of times we'll go to a tree lot, multiple tree lots, find a, a big tree. We have a big foyer. Um, and so we try to get a big tree. I love the smell of a, a real Christmas tree. But for the past couple of years, for whatever reason, we've just kind of gone with the artificial one. 
And this year I was like, oh, let's let's do the the real one again. Well, for whatever reason, excuses, you know, the family's sick, all this type of stuff. We made the mistake of literally just running out at the last yeah. minute, wanting yeah. to do it late after dark to the local grocery store where, right. where they have Christmas trees, right? Right. And so we picked this tree out that looked like the best of a bad lot, frankly, from a grocery right. store. Hint, hint, don't buy your, your Christmas trees at a grocery store. Although the best tree we ever had, side note, was from Whole Foods. Uh, huh. best, best live Christmas tree we've ever had. It was fantastic. Anyway, this was not that. We get it home. And it's like the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Yeah. yeah. We picked it out in the dark. <laughs> it's dying. Like I cut the bottom off. I put it in the stand. It shed half of its needles before we even got it into yeah. the house. It's yeah. not drinking water. I think the tree's already right. dead. Oh yeah. It's 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 a pathetic little tree. So we're like, yeah. we can't make this our main family Christmas tree. I don't even think it's uh -huh. gonna make it till Christmas. So I ended up putting up the artificial tree anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still not decorated. That's so funny. <laughs> so we're still gonna try to make this second tree work in another part of the house and just vacuum up needles nonstop between right. now and Christmas and hope right. we can limp it across the finish line. Yeah. Uh, it has yeah. opened up a little bit now that it's kind of been in the house, but it's uh yeah. anyway, so a comedy of errors to start the season. But hopefully our kids are on the mend and we're going to be able to finally get back to decorating the tree and doing some of the traditions and things like that. The one thing we did do, I'm just, I know I'm sort of rambling. <laughs> this is another aspect of it. We we did go get Christmas pictures, uh, pictures with Santa, as is our yearly tradition. And the picture this year, everybody in the picture is like scowling and mad. Even Santa is like the grumpiest looking Santa I've ever seen. <laughs> The picture looks like he gave all of our kids this stern lecture. You're getting coal in your stocking. And all of the kids, except Ben, Ben's got a smile on his face. Even even Revelin, even baby Revelin's like all sad in the picture. I'm like, this is our Christmas picture this year. So it's just, it's been that kind of start to the season. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, but that's where, um, you know, memories are made a lot of times in that way. Uh relationships are bonded you know through like calamity and and mishap and stuff like that you know and certainly laughter happens maybe not always in the moment you know i'm sure you weren't laughing when you were cleaning up you know the oh, squirts was the and worst. vomit out of the yeah. out of the bed but you can maybe laugh at it now a little bit not too soon <laughs> too so I, I can still smell the smell is still in my nostrils i haven't cleaned it out yet <laughs> But anyway, all right, let's tra let's transition to giving and giving back and yeah. you know, obviously as as adults, hopefully everybody listening is mature enough at this point in your development that you recognize the world isn't all about you. Christmas is not all about you. It's not all about get 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 me 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 presents presents presents, right? But that's the mindset of a kid. Oh yeah. That's okay. and that's okay. I mean, a, that's physiological development. There's a certain cutoff age. I don't even remember what it is where you don't even really have concepts of anything beyond yourself. I mean, you're right. just, just like you're so self-focused and that's just, that's just biology. Yeah. But at some point I have, I have a soon to be 14 year old, a 12 year old. I mean, there's certainly of an age where it's time to start thinking about others and yeah about giving back and about really the true meaning of Christmas. And we talked about that in the last episode. And so how can we as fathers be intentional about that? I want to look, I want to look at what scripture says about giving, giving with a joyful heart, but really get practical and tangible about how to have that conversation with our kids and and things that we can be doing. And we're going to provide a list of of links and the resources below, the show notes below with some some things that you guys as listeners can do if you're at a loss for for 
tangible, practical things to do with your family. But let's just sort of talk big picture to start, Perry. Like, what do you what do you guys do as a family around giving, um, including, by the way, giving presents to each other? Are your kids expected to actually give presents to each other at Christmas? Yes. And when they were young, uh, Nancy and I would go into the dollar store, right? I mean, I don't want a bunch of dollar store stuff. Like, I don't want my kids having a bunch of dollar store stuff. But more than I hate junk, we wanted to inspire the idea of giving and inspire the idea that Christmas isn't just about you, even with our kids from a pretty young age. So when they're pretty young, we would go to the dollar store and we would give them, you know, seven or eight bucks each, you know, everything's a dollar plus the tax and we've got a family of six or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and we would give every, everybody would get their money and they would kind of just, we would split up into teams like me. I would take two kids and we'd go over here to these aisles and Nancy would take two kids and they'd go over to those aisles and we'd put the stuff in the cart and kind of hide it. And then we'd switch teams and I would get the two other kids and, you know, like we would go around and we would check out and we would take them home and they, and they and we helped them because when they were super young, they couldn't necessarily wrap things themselves. But we didn't do it. We didn't wrap the little gifts for them. We helped them wrap. And so from a really young age with a very small investment, I think we began to instill this idea that, you know, to focus on giving and focus on others and life's not just all about you during the holiday season. And it was fun because they got to have the money in their hand and they got to walk around the store and actually think about their siblings' interests, you know, and think, oh, you know, JP really loves uh, guns. So I'm going to get him this little toy gun. Oh, Seth really loves army guys. So I've got this little pack of army plastic army figurines. Seth's going to love it, you know? And so um, it was a lot of fun and our kids really, took to that and they enjoyed it and it's carried on into their preteen and teenage years to where now it's, we don't have to say like, Hey, what, you know, you need to make sure, you know, to go shop for your sibling, but they like do it on their own, you know? Um, and, and we can still do a little shopping day if we need to. Um, and we've also encouraged our kids to, it doesn't have to be a shopping thing. You can make stuff for others and and ruby this year has really taken that to heart she's already done with all of her christmas um preparations for the family and she's doing the whole you know certificates for a back rub and you know uh certificates to like she's gonna you know make seth's bed for him so he's got like four i'll make your bed certificates or something like that you know so she's doing that that style of giving this year for her siblings and for Nancy and I, and that's really fun and exciting. You know, she's 10 and she kind of dove in that to her on her own this year with very minimal prompting. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I love that. And the question that I've asked my kids this season, I, I feel like I've dropped the ball a little bit at Christmas time with respect to encouraging the kids to give to each other. And so that's something I'm going to be a lot more intentional about this year and already have been. And I'll talk more about that. And, and the mindset I think with at least one of my kids is that giving has to be all about spending money to do it. Right. So, yeah. so the question that I've asked this season, 
and that I would pass along to everybody listening is just flat out asking your kids, hey, what do you guys want to give this year? Yeah. Instead of, because the question we always ask is, hey, what do you want for Christmas? Right. Yeah. Okay. So you can ask that too, or, you know, make a Christmas list for Santa when your kids are young and that's great. Um, but a simple prompting, Hey, what do you want to give this year? Totally shifts the focus. And I had this conversation with my two older boys just last night. And it was very interesting to see how one of my kids, one of the two older boys, I'm not going to name names immediately thought about things that he could do for other people. I thought that was awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, and the other one immediately said, well, I don't have any money, so I guess I'm not going to give anything to anybody this year. Right. And I said, okay, well, are there other ways to give? Right. And he was like, what do you mean? You know, and how else might you be able to give of something of yourself? He's like, well, I could just give. He's like, I'm not going to rob a bank. He's like, I'm not going to go rob a store, dad. What do you mean? You tell me not to steal. What do you mean other ways? That's right. That's right. He's like, well, I could give away stuff that I already have, you know, because they've done that in the past. Like if they know, you know, for birthdays or something, if they know one of their brothers likes matchbox cars, they'll give them one of their prized matchbox cars, which is great. That's a, you know, good, good for them. Like rewrap something you already own. You don't have to go buy it. He's like, but I don't want to give away any of my stuff. I like all my stuff. Okay. Well, so we're going to have to talk about that, son. Um, (laughs) But. You know, just this whole idea, well, you can give of time, you can give of service, you can do things for somebody else. You talked about Ruby's certificates. That's certainly something that I did when I was a kid is I would give those types of gifts before I had money. Um, and so I, I'm totally fine taking him to the store. He, he is in a little bit of a debt, debt for various reasons. Um, so it, it is true that he doesn't have any money to spend, but it doesn't mean his heart can't be positioned towards giving the season. And so that's my responsibility is to coach him through that. And and I still may take him to the store and say, hey, here's 20 bucks. Uh, go find something for a couple of people. And and I may do that anyway, but but trying to coach him into thinking along of how can I still serve others? How can I make something for somebody? How can I, how can I still give beyond just money? I love it. And I love, I love how you followed that up with a question. You know, you didn't just tell him right off. You followed up with a question that said, are there other ways to give? So that's one thing I want to strive to be better at is, is following up questions with questions because sometimes I just go straight to the answer. And I think it's, um, I think it's a more tactical approach as a father to just ask as many questions as possible and try to stimulate their brain to thinking of the answer, because frankly, they might think of something that we haven't thought of yet. You know, that's exactly right. So, yeah, that's the way the one son did. You know, he, he thought of all sorts of creative ways that he wanted to, to give this Christmas season that I hadn't even, I haven't even thought of, but I was like, yeah, that's sure. That's a great idea. She, your mom would love that. Or she, your grandma would, would really appreciate that. That's a really Mm -hmm. cool idea. So, Um, what else though, do you guys, well, let's table that. Let's talk about that at the end in terms of potentially giving back through organizations, serving together, any of those types of things. Um, maybe let's talk a little bit about scripture and what does scripture say about, about giving and about the message of what we want to impart in our kids around giving and giving back and the true meaning of this season. Anything come to mind for you? Yeah, absolutely. And 
it's actually a really good transition into this because it's, I think it is a great follow-up to, you know, that comment of, I don't want to give any of my stuff away. And you're like, oh, well, we'll have, now we're going to talk about that later. But I think that as we can dive into the scripture and and look at this particular verse at a little bit of a deeper level, I think there's a lot to unpack here. So I love the book of Proverbs for listeners that may have heard me say this in the past. I love, love, love Proverbs. There's 31 Proverbs and there's 31 days in uh, the longest month. So you can literally read a chapter of Proverbs every day and just recycle that through and gain so much wisdom. I've literally been doing this for more than a decade and I still, I don't, well, I haven't done it every single day for a decade, but I've done it off and on um, with different varying levels of consistency for over a decade. And even though I've been doing it for so long, I still read Proverbs and it comes alive and I still read it and I learn new things and I still read it and I get challenged and I grow because of it. And man, I love the scripture for that. Like, it's just so cool. But um, here's one that talks about giving. It's Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. And I'm going to read the English standard version. It says, one gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched and whoever and one who waters will himself be watered. So I love that scripture. Um, any Anything you want to jump into right out of the gate on that, Brett? Anything come to mind? I, I love that verse as well. And it's this idea of having really an open hand is yeah. the visual that I always have when I think about these particular verses. And that is that if you hold tightly to what you have, then yeah, you have what you have, but you're not going to get a whole lot more than that. And frankly, we also know that you can always lose what you have anyway. You know, it's, But it's all a gift from God. But if we have that open hand and let blessing, including financial blessing, flow through us, we always have enough. Yeah. And that's it. And so it's just this idea of do I have a clenched hand holding tight to my possessions, my things, or do I freely give? And the promise is that if and when you give, you will gain even more. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And for so many years, as I looked at this verse, I kind of saw it at the surface level, maybe. And, you know, I kind of saw it as almost like a cheat code to like gaining more wealth, more blessing, more stuff, you know, like, um, if I give it away, then God's going to bless me and he's going to give me more in return. You know, I'm going to have a greater abundance, you know, like of matchbox cars, right. You know, like, or whatever it might be, cat money, uh, investments, you know, whatever. But as I try to, well, I don't know that I was trying to, but as I was prepping for the podcast, it, dawned on me that there's a deeper level to this scripture as well. And I think I've been coming to understand it at a deeper level for the past few years, but maybe not been able to articulate it. I'll try to articulate it today, but it's the idea that just like you said, holding onto things with an open hand or or even giving them away, we have a freedom in our mind and our spirit that is a blessing that's bigger than any stuff, financial money, things that we can have, because 
when we're not willing to give something away, you know, there's almost this level that that thing kind of owns us a little bit. Right. It kind of lords over us a little bit, whether it be as adults, money, or as kids, matchbox cars. But when we just give things away freely, it's like we have a level of freedom that the, the, these things don't own us. They, they don't have this lordship over us. And that freedom, I think, is the authentic riches, if that makes sense. It's the, it's the deeper level of riches and blessing and abundance that on the surface level, on the material level, you know, that, that type of riches can't really touch, if that makes sense. It does. So when it says, you know, when you give freely, you receive or gain even more, it doesn't necessarily mean I give away one matchbox car and I get three matchbox cars back. It's I give away one matchbox car and there are additional blessings in my life that might not be matchbox cars. It might be, like you said, freedom. It might be other blessings, if you know, to use another word, karma type of a thing, where other good things come to you in your life, perhaps unrelated, but still nevertheless blessing um, that accrues to your life. My thought, though, with all of that, and I think you're spot on, um, is that's a hard concept for kids to grasp because it's a really hard concept for us even to yeah. understand and to grasp yeah. when you are prompted to give away that thing. Yeah. So how do we help our kids to see that that's the case? Because it's going to be a hard sell to convince Jackson or a four-year-old Declan mm -hmm. to give away his matchbox car. <laughs> but son, you're going to have so much more you're, peace in your heart. You're going to have some Zen after that, buddy. Yeah, but that's I don't really want really cool. Dad, I don't really want that. <laughs> You know, your spirit's going to be lightened up, bud. It's going to be great. That's it. <laughs> so how, I mean, and have, have our, have your kids ever seen you actually give something away, walk the talks, so to speak, and get more in return? Have we walked that out in front of our kids? Have they seen that happen to where it's been modeled that, yeah, this actually is what happens because intellectually, this is. I mean, we, we could go down this this bunny hole forever. I mean, we could have episode after episode. This is sort of deep theology, right? But but really, almost everything Jesus taught, if you look at the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, was counter-logical. Yeah. It was 180 degrees yeah. opposite of what logic would tell you the reality is. Like, blessed are the meek in spirit. Like, first, the first is last. The last will be mm -hmm. first. Like, what does that even yeah. mean? That's just, if you give everything away, you'll get more like right. i don't get it i don't understand that doesn't seem to be happening if i give away all my money now i'm just poor yeah where have you ever seen somebody give it all away and now all of a sudden they win the lottery the next day maybe it happens but but so how do we how do we how do we impart this in a practical way to our kids especially at holiday season yeah i think that um i i don't have the answer but I think that as they're younger, um, you know, it's we can talk about the feeling of giving gifts, and it yes. might not start. It might not start with giving away their prized matchbox car. It might just start with, you know, here's two dollars. Let's go pick something out from the dollar store that you think your brother's going to love, and then talking about, hey, 
with that giving kid, man, how good did that, how good did that feel inside your heart when you saw your brother open up those, those army things and he was, and he loved them or man, how good did that feel on Christmas morning when you knew what was inside that present that your brother was going to open and you just couldn't wait for him to open it and enjoy it. And, you know, I think, I think it starts, I think it starts there at a kid level. And then as they grow and mature in capacity to understand the deeper level, uh, you know, of just, um, internal peace that comes from not being attached to material things, we begin to explore that with them. But, you know, honestly, I think we've got to have some level of mastery over that within our own hearts and minds. Um, and so the good news is we probably have a little time before our kids are ready to hear that and receive that message. So that gives us some time to get, to get it squared away within our own hearts and minds, you know? Yeah, you're you're exactly right on that. I when I asked the question of my two older boys uh, just yesterday about what do you want to give this season and the one boy immediately thought about all the ways he wanted to serve, we then started talking about how it's how it's so much more fun at a certain point to give than to receive and he immediately seized on that. He goes, "Oh yeah, I love it when I come up with a good idea for a present for somebody and I want to give it to him even before Christmas. Yeah. Like I can't yeah. wait cuz I'm so excited for them to open it up and that's yeah, that's what we're talking about. And that is that is a gift. That is mm-hmm. gaining more, quote unquote, from giving. That that's not insignificant, an insignificant gift to receive when you give, to be sure. Um, so I absolutely love that. And there are certainly instances. I, I think about a story my pastor has told numerous times where he he was a big motorcycle guy and he uh, he got this brand new bike and he felt like the Holy Spirit told him he was supposed to give it to to somebody yeah. and he he yeah. literally gave away his brand new motorcycle because yeah. he felt prompted by the Lord and then um, just a couple days later somebody from across the country said you know I felt like the Lord said I'm supposed to give, buy you a car you know and <laughs> yeah that that type of thing and so yeah. it absolutely happens. There's no doubt about sure. it. I've heard story after story uh, in full truth. I can't think of uh, an instance quite like that in my own life. And perhaps that speaks to my limited belief because I, I, you know, my limited giving, maybe I've never sure. taken a bold enough step of giving away my stuff yeah. to even test God on it, right? One of the things, and this isn't an entire episode about tithing or giving or whatever, but, sure. but there is a verse where God basically says, test me on this. Like, yeah. give your 10% and, and test me on it and see what happens, you know? Yeah. And it's like, maybe I've never really fully taken God up on that. Um, but I do think, circling back to what you were talking about, it's it's not only a freedom issue, but it is it is a faith issue. The more that we have an open palm, it's an acknowledgement that I trust you, Lord, to always provide, even if I'm giving away money, even if I'm giving away possessions that are are important to me. I know that I just believe and trust and have faith that you will be good because you have always been good to me. You've always provided to me. You have always met my needs. Right. And I know that there will be enough in the future, even if I choose in this moment to give away something that I view as important to me. So, yeah. so there's that element of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Just kind of one final verse before we transition to some of the more practical ways to give back this holiday season is from the book of Luke. 
And we haven't gotten there yet, obviously. Uh, at least my family hasn't at the time of this recording in terms of going through Luke a chapter a day. But we're going to get there on the 18th because Luke 18 tells the story of the rich young ruler, right? The certain ruler who said, Lord, what do I what do I need to do to have eternal life, basically? What do I need to do to, to follow you? And Jesus says in verse 22, he says, uh, we still lack one thing, like because the, the guy was like, "Look, I I follow the commandments, I follow the law yeah. of Moses, all of this type of stuff. Like, what else do I need to do to have eternal life?" And and Jesus says, "Sell everything you have, mm-hmm. and give it to the poor. Then yeah. you'll have treasure where it matters in heaven. Then you can come follow me." And the guy was like, very sad because he had a lot of money. He's like, "Wait, yeah. really? I've got to give this all away if I want to yeah. follow you?" And and there's. There's a lot of theology there. There's whole sermons there about what that really means. And was that a message specifically for the heart of this particular ruler? Is God really telling us that we all have to live you know, a life of poverty to follow Jesus and give away all their money? I don't think that's what this verse is saying at all. But I do think it's the heart position of what you said earlier, Perry, which is do the things have control over you or do you have control over the things? Can you enjoy your big screen TV that God has blessed you with? Sure. Absolutely your nice car, your nice motorcycle. But if the Holy Spirit called you to to then give away that motorcycle, would you? To give away your big screen TV, would you? And that's really, that's really, I think, what they're getting after. And I think that's the message for our kids. And that's that's a very hard message for an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, even an 18-year-old, even a 45-year-old man. Those are things that I think we all wrestle with, even as even as grown-ups, even as grown men, trying to figure out what it means to truly follow Jesus and how should we how should we hold things and possessions and money and what should our heart position be? But I think scripture is unequivocally clear that the position of our heart needs to be one of generosity, of free giving, of it's all yours anyway, Lord, and I give it to you. And I think it's our job as a father this holiday season, even if even if and when our kids struggle with giving and might want to be holding on tight and might still have a me, me, me mentality. We model it for them so they can see it. Hey, my dad yeah. is serving in the soup kitchen. Hey, my dad yeah. is giving generously at Christmas. Hey, my dad uh, gave his literally the coat off his back to this yeah. woman at church who didn't have one. You know, what whatever yeah. it is, let them see yeah. us doing it. And whether they see the benefits that accrue to us from that or not, we can certainly tell them, right. hey, remember, son, when I gave my coat the other day, guess what just happened? <laughs> you know, yeah. point it That's out right. when it happens. Yeah. But even if they never see it, at least they see us walking the talk in terms of the generosity. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I love it. So I mentioned uh, circling back to some of the tangi- tangible, practical organizations, perhaps, that we can partner with. Uh, I'll talk about some things that we're doing as a family this season. Uh, one final practical thing, though, that I would just sort of pass along that we are also, that I'm encouraging my kids to do is one of the ways that we talk about money and handle money with our kids is um, we have three jars, you know, starting when our kids are really, really young. I know a lot of people do this as well, but every time they get money, birthday money, Christmas money, whatever, just earning money, uh, you immediately take 10% and put it in the savings jar, 10% in the giving jar, and then the rest is spending. I uh, haven't taught them about taxes yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. we, we've talked about taxes, but right now they get to keep most of what they earn. Um, but there, but there's definitely a giving jar. And so the other thing yeah. I'm encouraging them is, okay, hey, 
you know, you might say you don't have money, you might say you're in debt, but we have this giving jar. So like, how do we want to use that? And one of the things that's an easy way to use that, yeah, they can buy gifts for their siblings, but that's not really what it's intended for. But Angel Tree, Angel Tree is yeah. a great, uh, a great thing. I think it's put out by, I, I think Salvation Army might coordinate it, but then there are like individual churches do the angel tree and different organizations do angel tree. And I don't know if it's all under one big umbrella, but it's basically the simple idea of, Hey, we're going to hang on a Christmas tree is the way our church does it. Um, a bunch of needs, families in need, and here's what they need. They need a coat and shoes and little Tommy likes toy trucks and they don't, they don't give the kids names, but they put the ages and then you just go shop for these, this family whose needs are on this little card and you wrap it up and you put the card on the gifts and somebody then takes that and delivers it to that family in need this holiday season. And so we've always tried to participate in that, choose at least one family to bless. And it's fun to go as a family to Target or wherever we're going to go and buy a bunch of gifts and, and our kids can participate in that. And oftentimes they'll use money from their own giving jar as a way to do that, to give back, to help purchase those gifts through Angel Tree. So that's a very practical, tangible thing. So if you guys aren't familiar with Angel Tree, uh, look up an organization locally to you that might participate in that and see if if there isn't a, a card you can grab and, and bless a family in need this season. Yeah, that's awesome. I have a lot of great memories of doing that Angel Tree as a kid growing up uh, with my family at our, at our church. We, we would generally do that every single year if my memory serves me correctly. So that's, a, that's an awesome one. Um, another thing is the shoe boxes. Uh, a lot of churches would do um, shoe box, which I think is similar to the angel tree, but I don't, it's not necessarily for local families. It's goes to um, folks. I don't know. You might know more about it than me, but it goes to folks in different countries in need and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I've also seen it through churches. I'm not sure entirely uh, where they go. I think each each organization would be slightly different. I know I know there's a lot through prison ministries as well. Um, so there's an organization called prisonfellowship.org. You can head over to that website. But same type of idea, right? Kids, you know, whose whose fathers mostly, potentially mothers, might be in prison. How do we how do we give those kids gifts because their father might not be in a position uh, to bless those kids with gifts. And maybe the kid wants to give presents to the father in prison. And so there are some ways through that organization to do that. I know sometimes the shoeboxes do that. And sometimes the angel tree, frankly, goes to those types of, of families as well. So that's a great way. Um, one of the things, you know, that I, I've always sort of struggled with not struggled with, but there's this there's this feeling in my heart that it's it's great to give financially. It's great to fill a shoebox. It's great to buy the presents for Angel Tree. But then I feel like there's this middleman. Like you don't actually like the kids don't actually see the family being blessed. And right. And so how do we how do we get our kids more involved at the end of the at the end of the chain, actually interacting with the families in need, seeing that there is real need in our community. And yeah. so this is sort of a, a fail perhaps this year. I was like, okay, this year we're gonna, we're gonna kind of jump to the, the end of the process, right? So we're still gonna do the angel tree, we're gonna do whatever, but I'm gonna sign us up to actually deliver gifts. Like let's yeah, let's be the ones to actually give the food or the presents to the families in need. And so I found this organization that does that and I signed us up and we're going to volunteer and go deliver gifts this year. And uh, 
And then as I sort of read the fine print and started going back and forth with the volunteer coordinator, it's like, oh, well, you you have to be 18 to actually be the one to deliver the gifts. Right. So I'm like, oh, my kids can't even go with me. So I'm still signed up to go deliver these gifts to the end user, which is great. I'm all all about it. That's going to be rewarding for me. And I'm all about giving back. But I really wanted my kids to have that experience as well. So that was sort of a fail on my end. But uh, I don't know. Maybe if the listeners- Sorry, it was a good effort though. Yeah, yeah, it's a good effort. And you'll get um, to go. So it'll be a good blessing for you. You'll be able to be um you'll be able to just be focused on giving those gifts and be in the moment, you know, just you. And that's that's a different level of in the moment than living it and taking your kids for the purpose of teaching them this experience, right? So yeah, I think you'll probably be able to be more fully just living in that moment. And that'll be a blessing, you know, for you that you probably didn't expect to get. So yeah, that's actually a really good encouragement because I can imagine my mindset uh, on that day coming up would be thinking about, oh, my kids are missing out. Oh, they would think this is so cool or, oh, this would be so good for them. No, let's, let's shift. Okay, it's not going to happen. That's just that's just the way it is. But now let me be fully immersed in the moment. Let me see how I can maybe pray for them, maybe bless them. You know, just, yeah, I love that. That's really good encouragement. Thank you for that. Absolutely. And then you can come back and tell the, tell the, about the event to your kids. Right. And that's how you can keep them engaged. So yeah. What, one thing we are going to do though, as a family that they will be able to be involved with is we are going to serve at second harvest food bank, which I don't know if that's a national organization. I know it's big time in East Tennessee, especially here in the Knoxville area where they, they package food and they deliver food and they bless uh, hungry, needy, needy families in our, our community. And so we did this last year as well. We're going to do it again this year where we're sort of in the warehouse boxing up food and uh, cleaning, like whatever they need us to do, which is great. And so that's a good way for our kids to actually sort of get their hands dirty, so to speak, um, locally. So we will be doing that. But again, we're still removed from sort of the end user of the, sure. the people in need. And yet yeah. they still understand that this is part of the process, right? This doesn't just magically happen. You know, there are people out there who have a heart to help help those in need, we get to actually do that. We get to be part of the process, right? It, it takes a village, so to speak. And so this is part of it. Somebody's got to do this part of it. Somebody gets to go deliver the food, but somebody actually has to package the food. And that's the role that we're going to play. And we can feel good about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things that we've done in the past, and it's not necessarily around Christmas time, but it's going along with the lines of wanting to be able to have the kids see the end receiver. And it's, we've done it a lot as we traveled. So we are a traveling family. We we're on the road, you know, we do things and we see sometimes as we go through larger cities or we go on a traveling adventure, we see homeless people on the street with signs asking for money. I personally don't usually give money, um, but we wanted our kids to be able to experience giving to people in need that we just come across, you know, on a daily basis. And so we put together these little kits um, to be able to give to folks that are on the side of the road, begging, asking, and it's, you know, just pretty basic stuff, a little water bottle, a granola, you know, healthy granola bar, maybe a toothbrush and some toothpaste. It just, you know, maybe some wet wipes, you know, stuff like that. Just things that we would imagine someone who's living on the streets um, in a hard time would appreciate a little good healthy nourishment some clean water to drink you know and maybe some sanitary things some you know face wipes or wet wipes or you know etc 
And so we honestly have gotten away from that lately, but we normally would keep a little, you know, a little box of giveaways. We just leave it in the car. And then when we, when we're coming up to a red light and there's somebody there with a sign, you know, instead of rolling down the window and giving them cash that who knows what they're going to go spend that on alcohol, drugs, you know, whatever we give them this little, basically miniature care package. And so that's a way that um, is not necessarily right here at Christmas, but it's a way that we've helped had our kids experience giving and seeing the results of the the receiver actually experiencing it. And one thing that came to mind really literally just now as we're on this podcast is we could do something around the Christmas time, we could do something similar and just go to a store and buy a handful of, you know, wool gloves you know i'm not saying go spend two hundred dollars at rei on you know some downed leather insulated you know whatever types of gloves but just go get a nice little pair of wool gloves that are going to help somebody's hands stay warm and go get 10 pairs of them and stick them in the car and as we ride around during the month of december it's cold and there's still people out on the streets you know asking for money but we can give them a pair of gloves or give them a, a you know a warm hat um, and that might be a way that, that kids can kind of organically see and experience giving gifts to someone that's in need. I love that idea. And what I like about that is we don't always have to go through organizations. So I've talked about some organizations and we'll put some websites in the show notes and that's great, but intentionally seek out people in need. You probably know, especially if you live in a big city where, where people in need hang out, if you don't find out. Um, but I know certainly in Knoxville where I would go, maybe you do that in downtown Chicago. Maybe you don't like some, some areas might be <laughs> yeah. more dangerous than others. Right. And so you have to use right. prudence. And so there's a reason sometimes we go through the middleman organizations, but absolutely if your heart's desire, and, and I like that Perry, thank you for the encouragement is to sort of have your kids exposed to the end of the line, seek out the end of the line. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I really like that. And that's really a really good idea. And another end of the line to tag onto that, that I, that I make a practice of doing year round, but I try to be especially intentional about it during the holiday seasons is I am not always, but if, if at a restaurant, the server it does a good job, I'm usually a very generous tipper. Um, and I have we had an experience last year. We went and got a Christmas tree. We went up to the farm, we cut it down. And then there's this little hole in the wall, Louise, uh, rock house restaurant. That's, you know, country style food. We love to go there after we get a Christmas tree. And last year we were there like the day after Thanksgiving. Um, and our waitress was just delightful person did a great job, but you know, you can kind of just tell like she's, walking through some hard stuff, probably, you know, I just kind of got that impression. I don't remember what our meal was a family of six. It was probably 60 bucks or something, you know? And, um, I just gave her a hundred percent tip. Awesome. You know, the meal was 60 bucks, 60 bucks as a tip. And, um, we walked out of the store and, and we're, we're walking out of the restaurant. I'm headed back to the car and she comes running out of the thing. And she's like, hey, wait, you know, like, did you, did, I think you wrote this down wrong on your tip, on the thing. She's like, this says it's a $60 tip. And I was like, no, I didn't write that down wrong. That's, you know, I wanted to give you a blessing. I wanted to be a blessing for you. And 
and give you that, uh, give you a good tip, you know, Merry Christmas. I know it's hard to be working around the holidays and, you know, I hope that's a blessing for you. And man, she just, I mean, started falling apart, man. She just started crying right there. You know, I gave her a big hug. I, I don't know what was happening in her life at that moment, but the Lord led me to just give her a hundred percent tip and it was a blessing for her. And so I don't always do a hundred. That's, you know, that's a lot, but some, I mean, I've certainly done a hundred more than one. I've done it a lot of times, but sometimes I'll give a 50% tip or a 30% tip or, you know, like whatever. But oftentimes during the holidays, I'll give a big tip um, because those folks are, if they're working in service, they probably have a harder life than, than I do. Yeah. It's not an easy time for sure. It's probably not. Yeah. That's, that's great. And I think, I think what we're really talking about is being in tune to the needs of people yeah and having a generous heart to meet those needs yeah and to me that sums up the message of the season what it means to model that for our kids and really the message we're trying to get across to our kids as well and so maybe as we sort of wrap up this conversation unless you have anything else perry i'll read one more verse for you guys or a a set of verses from second corinthians 9 this is from the niv it says remember this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously very similar to the proverbs that you read just with different wording. If we have that closed fist, we're going to reap sparingly. If we have that open palm, open hand, if we sow generously, we will reap generously. Each of you, and this is this is the, the verse that I'm going to meditate on certainly and pass along. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Don't give your brother a Christmas gift because I'm telling you, you have to. Let's do it because it's in my heart to do it. And frankly, Maybe if it's not in your heart, maybe just don't give. Um, I don't know. We could we could debate that. Maybe you still still need to have our kids give whether they want to or not. Um, but here's the key verse. But for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God loves a cheerful giver. So men. When you give this holiday season, give with a cheerful heart. Let your kids see that you're not holding tight to your things, to your possessions, even to your money, and perhaps they will take that lesson and live out their lives accordingly. Amen. Amen. So we will put some of the links to organizations that we have mentioned on this show in the show notes below. Please, if you have other organizations uh, that you like to partner with. We didn't even talk about you know sending letters and care packages to soldiers overseas. I mean, I could go on and on and on with things that we've done over the years and ideas, and but would love to hear your ideas. We can post them on our social media channels. Reach out to us. Our contact information is in the show notes below. DM us through social media. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys and, and just be able to pass along these resources uh, to people who may be looking for ways to give back. But again, there are no shortages of options, I'm sure, in your local area. So seek those out, do some Google searches, figure out what makes the most sense for you and your family. You know your family, be in tune with how your kids are, how they operate, what what message you really want to get across this holiday season and model for them 
uh, this idea of giving with a cheerful heart. So with that, as we march forward this December, this Christmas season, hopefully for my family, the road smooths out (laughs) a little bit (laughs) so that we can move more fully into some of the traditions and enjoyment of the season that I had so envisioned as short as shortly as a, a week ago. It's amazing how much can transpire in just a week's time. But uh, to you and yours for however your holiday season is going so far, I wish you a truly blessed Christmas season. And we will be back with you again next week for more thoughts as we navigate this Christmas season as faithful fathers. Any final thoughts, Perry, as we wrap up? No, just uh, excited as we as we walk this journey of fatherhood out, you know, day in and day out. Just to want to encourage the dads if you're feeling like you've missed the mark on some of these things. If you're feeling like, oh man, I, I botched it. That's yesterday. That's last year. That's last week. You know, today's a new day, and we always have an opportunity to turn it around and choose the right path as we uh, pursue following the Lord and as we pursue being the best dads we can be for our kids. So don't get hung up on the misses, uh, on the, on the failures, just learn from them and, and do the best you can do today. Show up fully and, uh, and go, go with it from there. Awesome. With that, we will sign off on this episode of the faithful father, fatherhood podcast, and we will talk with you again soon. Take care, everyone. And Merry Christmas. Man, have you noticed that people, maybe I'm too early to the game, but have you noticed that people don't say Merry Christmas at like the stores, like when you're checking out and stuff? Like, I feel like as as the the day after Thanksgiving, I just feel like every interaction at every store, everywhere, somebody should be like, Merry Christmas. And they they don't. So I've started saying it to them and then they usually say it back. Yeah, I, I have noticed that people aren't saying it as much anymore. Um, you also get the happy holidays, but, sure. but saying flat out Merry Christmas um, I, I, I was listening to a little reel, I think on Instagram with this kid. He must've, well, he wasn't a kid. He was maybe a teenager and I don't even know the context of this pod. I think he was maybe on somebody's podcast and he was talking about something his father has instilled in him that I'm taking to heart and that I might pass along. And it's something that you're, that you're saying as well, which is it's the five and 10 rule. Okay. If you're within 10 feet of somebody, smile at them. Yeah. If you're within five feet of somebody, smile and say hello to them. Yeah. And he said, it's amazing how the world works lights up in a a positive way. How much you can influence the vibe of the world. Yes. Just by doing those two simple things. So that's exactly what you're saying. Saying Merry Christmas they don't initiate it, but by you initiating it now it gives them freedom to respond. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a smile, same thing with a hello. We That's need right. to be the initiator. I love that.